Dose of Leadership Podcast, episode 255. Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership Podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hey, welcome to the show. Richard Ryerson here. So 255 today. Great leadership's lesson for you. Great guest today. It's the one and only Michael Hyatt is on the show. I'm a big fan of Michael Hyatt. A lot of you are probably familiar with him. He's got a new book out there. But welcome to Dose of Leadership. This is the show where we focus on that topic. It is all about leadership here. I am a leadership junkie. Why am I a leadership junkie? Because it wasn't until I realized that how well, it is a fundamental truth, how well you understand and apply leadership in every aspect of your life, every aspect from your personal, your professional, your self-development, all of it, how well you understand and apply leadership ultimately determines, I used to only say how successful you're going to be, but now I've added on how successful and significant your life is going to be because it is about significance. Right? When you start looking at the term significance, you realize that it's not about you anymore. It's about the people that you affect, the people that you can influence, the world, you, the, the change you can make, the impact you can make on other people's lives, and certainly the world, or at least you're part of it. At least you're part of it. I mean, sometimes when you say, I'm here to change the world, we, we think these grand big things. But the reality is it's not about that. It's about the little things, the little daily habits, the grit, the grind of doing the ordinary things consistently, day in and day out, better than you did the day before. It's doing the ordinary stuff consistently. Remember what I've always said, it's calm, confident, consistent, and courageous. The consistent piece cannot de-emphasize that. It's important. I saw a great quote yesterday, I guess it was, and it was by, and I don't know who said it, but it said the, the quote was, the task of leadership is not to put greatness into people, but to elicit it, for the greatness is there already. Isn't that great? It's so true. The task of leadership, we, we all have the tools, we all have the resources, we have everything we need already, right now, at this moment, to be great ourselves, but also to elicit from other people. And that's what leadership is about. You, you bring it out of them. The greatness is there already. And I love that mindset, that truth, that the greatness is already there. It's our job as leaders, and a lot of time it's through our own personal example of us seeing it happen to ourselves, shining the light on ourselves, Gives the people around us the freedom to do the same. That is the great power of leadership. If you're finding some value in Dose of Leadership, and I hope you are, this is one of the many great free resources out there to help you along in your leadership journey. I've been doing this show for over three years. No advertising, no sponsors, and I'll continue to do that. So if you are finding some value, I'd appreciate it if you could provide your support, any financial support, you can go to patreon.com slash dose of leadership, or you can go to my homepage at doseofleadership.com and you can click on the banner that says support us at Patreon in the left-hand sidebar or up in the menu. And you can support this show. Any financial support would be greatly appreciated. It would go a long way in helping continue to make dose of leadership 
a great free resource for you in your journey. And it is a journey. It never ends. It's day in and day out. One last plug before I talk about Michael and bring Michael on the show. If you need a speaker, coach, or consultant, you can check out more information at my website, richardryerson.com. You can find all the details about masterminding with me, of coming, having me as a speaker, as a group coach, or even in a one-on-one coach, and I'd love to hear from you there. You can contact me there as well. All right, Michael Hyatt. For those that have been online, listen to podcasts, or creators like myself, Michael Hyatt has been or a great mentor behind the scenes for me. I love his stuff. He has one of the top blogs out there. I think it's, I mean, I think Google ranks it as one of the top one half percent of all blogs. And his stuff is, I mean, particularly over the last three years, he's really gotten into stride and producing some fantastic content. So if you're interested in leadership, personal growth and development, you'd be crazy not to have Michael Hylett in your rotation. Um, I think he's just one of the best out there. He's a former chairman and CEO of Thomas Nelson Publishers, and which was one of the largest faith-based publisher in the world and now is part of HarperCollins. And uh, again, michaelhyatt.com is one of the best blogs out there. And all of his messages around leadership, personal development, productivity. Um, he's just a great guy. And he's got a new book out there. And this is pretty much what we talk about in the whole show is his brand new book that's out called Living Forward. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for college students, moms, dads, executives, managers, Basically, anyone who wants to stay on track and hold true to the things in life that matter the most, it is a great resource of setting out a life plan, which would set you on the way of significance. And that's why I brought him on the show, because it is about significance and Michael Hyatt um, and his new book and certainly his philosophy certainly can help you uh, along that path. I love the book, Living Forward, and it's a great uh, plan for all of us out there. And he's got a lot of free resources out there too. You might want to check it out. So anyway, let's have Michael talk about it here on Dose of Leadership. So without further ado, the one and only Michael Hyatt on Dose of Leadership. Well, Michael, this has been a, this is a thrill for me. I told you this is, you've been on my bucket list. Thank you for finally making it to Dose of Leadership. Yeah. Thanks, Richard. It's a delight to be with you. I'm just so uh, excited to, you know, people that listen to the show, I know they're fans of, of your work. What's new in your world, man? What's going on? Well, the big thing right now is my new book, uh, Living Forward, A Proven Plan to Stop Drifting and Get the Life You Want, is just out this week that we're recording this. So yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> dominating all of our focus and attention at uh, my company, Intentional Leadership. What's behind it? I mean, what's the genesis behind the book? What are we trying to get out of this book? Yeah, well, you know, this is a book that uh, came about as a result of an experience I had back in the year 2000, 2001. Um, I had become a divisional manager for one of Thomas Nelson Publishers' 14 publishing divisions. I was just one guy among 14. But the division that I inherited was dead last in every financial mm -hmm. metric. And so we put together a plan with the team, and within 18 months, we went from number 14 to number one. That was the good news. The bad news was that it came at uh, quite a cost because all of us were working you know, nights and weekends, sometimes 10, 12 hours a day, and we did that for months, traveling all over the country, doing everything we could to, to try to move this uh, division along, turn it around. And as a result of being on the road and keeping up with that kind of pace, my health was beginning to suffer. I ended up in the emergency room three times thinking I was having a heart attack. Fortunately, I wasn't. It was just acid reflux. 
But the last time my cardiologist said to me, man, I don't know what's going on in your life, but you have got to get less stress. You've got to reduce the stress in your life or you're going to end up here for real. So I said, okay. So at the time I was, uh, one of my authors was John Maxwell. He had become a friend. And so I went to John and I said, John, I think I need an executive coach. I got to regain balance because what I'm doing is not sustainable. Do you know anybody? And he said, yeah, I want to refer you to Daniel Harkavy, who's the CEO, founder and CEO of buildingchampions.com. They're a coaching company. They coach a lot of Fortune 500 companies. And I said, great. So Daniel and I um, hit up this friendship. I hired him. He was my executive coach for more than a decade. But the very first thing he had me do when I came to him at the end of that year, 18 months of struggle and stress, is he said, I want you to create a life plan. And I wouldn't say that it was a magic pill, you know, that turned everything around, but it was the beginning of a personal turnaround. And I got refocused on my health and my marriage and all the things that are non-work related. Um, and he really helped me redefine success in a much broader sense than just career success. You know, I'm curious, how old, can I ask how old you were when this happened? Yeah, I was 44. You know, it's amazing to be I, around this, you know, and I'm even almost embarrassed to admit sometimes that, but I've met so many people and, and self-included and the people that I've worked around and other mentors that I've met. And it's like that time frame, that 35 to 45, it's kind of like, why does that happen? Why does it take us that long to start living that intentional? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I think it, it was like a lot of things can kind of run on their own steam for a while. You know, you've made these deposits, you know, hopefully in your marriage and in your health. And, you know, when you start hitting your 40s, maybe your late 30s, that kind of starts running out. Right, <laughs> you know, right. It's like, uh, you know, just sort of the natural strength that comes from youth, youth and endurance and all that stuff starts to, to collapse. And then you got to start taking care of yourself. Same thing in your marriage. I mean, you know, you can glide for a while. But if you're not investing in that on a regular basis and making deposits back into your to your marriage, you're going to drift apart. I mean, it's just inevitable. It is, we right. see it every yeah, day. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think the thing the life plan did was help me to stop drifting, which is what I was doing. And I think so many people are drifting in those 30s and 40s, even kids in their 20s. Yeah. You know, they're not living intentionally. They're just drifting from one thing to the next. And one of the things that Daniel and I say in the book is no one ever drifted to a destination they would have chosen. Yeah. Just doesn't happen that way. And it's almost, and it's almost like, like the more that, um, I don't know, the, the, the more that, well, I think a lot of times, especially for me in the 20s, we do things that are expected of us. At least I was. And we don't know what we're supposed to do. And I don't even know, I don't even think I knew how to set up a life plan when I was in the 20s. Even in the 30s, like what does that even mean? I mean, yeah. for me, it was like, well, let's just get to the next level in the job and more income and then things will be better. I mean, it was literally that has how deep my life plan went. Well, I think that's true for most people. I think for anyone who's had any exposure to planning, it's usually been in a corporate context. Right, exactly. Where you develop some big fat, you know, white binder with action plans and resource lists and Gantt charts and timetables and all that stuff. And a life plan is not like that. You know, those corporate strategic planning um, systems, so often those notebooks end up on the shelf and never get used. But a life plan really is like, putting a rudder on your ship yeah, so that you've got direction so that you're not just aimlessly, you know, floating and drifting on the water. And what we mean by a life plan when we talk about it in the book is an eight to 15 page written document 
It's very brief. It's very to the point, and it's designed to ask and to answer three powerful, important questions. And once you have that life plan, then you can begin incrementally bringing into reality the life you envision. Because now I got something to, me- to to hold things up against, and almost it's almost like every situation I encounter every single day, you know, do I binge watch this show or do I go read a book? Do I, I mean you can almost hold it up against something to see if all this mess that's around me, and I only got a hundred pound bag and I got ten thousand pounds of stuff around it. Now I know, or I can at least start being intentional about what I put in that bag. Yeah, exactly. I was talking to it right earlier today and it was from Maxwell's latest book. You mentioned Maxwell, but we were talking about how as kids, I'm thinking about this in our conversation, we go from survival to success to significance. It seems like your book is all about kind of reaching that level of significance. Yeah, definitely. You know, I I think the first question in the life planning process is the most important one and it's designed to give people clarity. But the question is this, how do you want to be remembered? Yeah. Um, One of the things that our culture tells us, and it's really a lie, is that you're going to live forever. You know, it may not be stated explicitly, but it's kind of implied, you know, and I think most kids that are in their 20s and maybe in their 30s, they just sort of have an operating assumption that they're immortal. And the truth is, all of us are going to die, you know, and uh, that's one appointment that we're all going to keep. And one of the things I noticed in 2005 when my father-in-law passed away and I went to his funeral, he was a uh, colonel in the Air Force. They had a full military funeral fly over with the jets and 21 gun salutes back when they used to do that. And then we came back to the house and for two days we went through pictures and we talked about the incredible impact that this man had had on our lives as family members and as friends. And we cried and we laughed and we told stories and it was amazing. And I realized that every time somebody dies, there are a series of conversations that happen. And, and the real question is, are those conversations the ones that we would want to have happen? In other words, are the stories going to be from our kids about how we were never there at the important things or that our uh, spouse says, you know, we were close at the beginning, but we drifted further and further apart to where we were like strangers living in the same house. Or are those conversations going to be rich and something we would be proud of? And the good news is we're not dead yet. So we can still inform. In fact, I would use a stronger word. We can engineer those conversations now by the decisions we make, by the way that we live our lives. And so that's a question designed really to give us clarity. You know, what is it that you would want those loved ones, those friends, those colleagues at work, all the people that are most important to you, what would you want them to say about your life when you pass? And that's your legacy. And I think sometimes we think of legacy as something, you know, Abraham Lincoln had a legacy and Warren Buffett will have a legacy and Bill Gates will have a legacy, but that's not for the rest of us. Well, the truth is, legacy is inescapable. Yeah, You're going to leave some kind of Something. legacy. It's either going to be right. uh, a great one where you have an, a continuing impact even long after you're gone, or it's going to be one that's not really good. And people will spend years you know, of therapy and <laughs> everything else <laughs> right. to try to you know, offset the negative impact of your legacy. So it really comes down to the decisions that we make about how do we want to be remembered. You know, it's so true. I've asked that question a few times in 
on the show and outside. I said, what's your legacy going to be? And, and it bothers me when people say, oh, I don't, I don't talk about that because that's kind of egotistical. I don't No, no. You, and like you said, you pointed out, you're going to leave one whether you like it or not. So why don't you, and I love the word engineer. What a great word. You have the power and the choice to engineer it. Why not do it now? And in asking people the difference between success and significance, I always love asking that question. Well, what is it, you know, I want to be successful. What does it even mean? But when you ask people, what does it mean to be significant? People stop in their tracks and there start to be some common themes I'm noticing. And what you're talking about here is like, what, what are they going to say about me? I want my kids to be proud of me. I want my spouse to be proud of me. I want to change the world. I want to have made an impact. I want to know that I made a difference. Those type of things come out, which are so much to me, me more meaty and meaningful as opposed to, well, I want to be successful, which means I want a nice house, a nice car, I want financial freedom, yada, 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 right? It's that significance piece that just gives us the direction and the purpose of where we should be going. Well, so true because I think people narrowly define success and equate it with success at work. Yeah. And, you know, my definition of success is much broader than that. I want to, I want to succeed at work, yes, uh, but I want to succeed at life. And work is one component among many. You know, I want to be a great um, husband and a great father and a great friend and a great yeah. uh, responsible person in my community and in my church and all the rest. So I think it's, it's important to define what that looks like because, again, nobody ever drifted to a destination they would have chosen. And I think a lot of people go through life thinking, uh, kind of deceived, thinking, look, my career's taken everything out of me right now. And someday when I get more time, someday when I get through this, uh, you know, onboarding to this new job, someday when I get the kids through college, someday, you know, I'll take time to figure out, you know, what my life is about and make sure that I make a contribution and reinvest in my marriage or take time to exercise and get healthy. And that someday never comes. And people, that's why people go to their, you know, deathbed uh, with all these regrets knowing what could have been. But that doesn't have to be that way. But it does take intentionality. Yep. But not a lot, Richard. Here's the, here's the thing yep. about it. The average person, we did some research on this. The average person, at least in the U.S., spends about five hours just preparing to buy a car. Wow. Okay? So the average bride spends 39 days. And I have five daughters. Four of them are married. I can attest to this <laughs> truth. The average bride spends 39 days preparing for a wedding you know, for a ceremony and for a reception a few hours later. But few people spend any time whatsoever planning their life. And what Daniel Harkavy, my co-author, and I do in Living Forward in the book is we say we want to encourage you to take one day, that's all, just one day, and we give you the complete agenda for that day, the, the process, the templates, everything you need to work through. And if you'll spend one day, you'll come out with a draft of your life plan. And it's important to call it a draft too, because this is a living document that you're never going to be done with. This is going to be something that's going to, you're going to want to modify. You're going to want to change and tweak as you go through the various seasons of life, as you get more clarity about what your life's about. But this could, this is a game changer. This will change the trajectory of your life. And the only investment is a day. Well, I don't think it's a lot to ask. Yeah, no, and I love that you said that because so many times it can seem so overwhelming on what to do next because when you tell me I got to start planning out my life, oh my God, that sounds exhausting. And when you put it in that context and you have the right tools, yeah, okay, I can do this. And I think it's important. You're right because even when 
no matter what you're doing, even if you have a plan or not, it's the it's the consistency of the daily intentional habits, those non-sexy habits that are just small, really taken by themselves. But if you continually do it over and over, and so I love the simplicity that you seem to be uh, promising in this this package here. So uh, we try to keep it simple because we know people are busy. We don't want them to be overwhelmed. This is why this is not a very long book. Uh, it's totally manageable. You could read this, you know, book in a few hours, maybe four hours. And then do the life planning exercise in a day. But it's really fun, too. You know, I, I didn't get to the second question. The first question is, how do you want to be remembered? The second question is, what matters most to you? Now, you probably know what your spouse, what she thinks is important for you or what your parents think is important or the boss thinks is important. But what's important to you? What are your priorities? And I think there comes a point in all of our lives where we, we either have to succumb to the priorities of others or we have to begin articulating our own priorities and doing our very best to live by them. I remember back in the middle of the recession when I was the CEO of Thomas Nelson and we were owned by a private equity company. We had a board of directors. I had a chairman of that board and uh, I was, I was the CEO and we had been slugging it out in the recession and, you know, it was all hands on deck and it was tough. And um, I was very deliberate about putting this vacation on my calendar with my wife. We were just going to, the two of us, and we do this every year, but we're going to go away for a week and just spend time focused on one another and just rejuvenating our relationship. And so I had told the board, you know, that this was on the calendar. They said, fine, no problem. And I really needed it. I needed it for my health. I needed it for my marriage. And so we flew out on a Friday afternoon and we were going to Denver then to drive up into the mountains, but we had a layover in Dallas and as we landed, I checked my email and I had a, uh, a message, an email message from the chairman I board. And he said, look, he said, we need to come in on Monday. We got some issues we need to, to sort through. And he said, I'd be grateful if you'd be there. And he knew it was my vacation. And I showed it to Gail. My heart sank. You know, she looked at me like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And she said, well, look, honey, I know this is a tough call, but you need to do what you need to do. And I will support it 100%, which I really appreciated. So I replied to him and I said, no, um, as I told you before, I'm going on a much needed vacation. Uh, this is actually the last time I'm checking email for the next week. I said, if you, I would be grateful if you'd postpone this till I get back. If you still feel like you need to have the meeting in my absence, my staff will be there to help you. But um, I'm going away for a week. See you on the other side. Wow. And I didn't think about it again. It was all fine. When I got back to the office, I asked my staff about it. They said, well, they did come in. And uh, the chairman and several of the people from the private equity company came in and they said, um, you know, it's like a non-event. I mean, everything could have been handled via email and it was like totally inconsequential. But the only reason I was able to make that decision, Richard, is because I had a clear yes, set yeah. of priorities. And for me, my health, my family, my kids, come ahead of my job. And so that was, I wouldn't say it was an easy, easy decision because I realized that, you know, maybe I could get fired, but it gave me the courage when push came to shove to make a decision for the benefit of my family and for my own health. That's a That's great a, example. Thing. And again, it goes back to if you have that plan or at least your values and your priorities you've breathed life, life into it, you've documented it, it shows you something you can measure up against. Otherwise, you're just reactionary. You're just bouncing around like a pinball reacting to the next crisis. And if you have that, that you can shine it up against or hold it up against and say, yes, 
this feeds into my plan. If it doesn't, then you don't do it. That's exactly right. Because here's the deal. If you don't have a plan for your life, somebody else does. Right. And if you're not proactive, you're going to be reactive. I mean, those are the only two options. You're either drifting or you're designing. It's one or the other. And uh, to be able to have a set of priorities that act as a filter so that you really can say with confidence and with conviction, no to the things that are non-essential. Why just to say no? No. So you can say yes to the things that are essential and that are consequential. And that's what that second question is designed to do. And we help you identify your top priorities. First of all, develop to look at all your life accounts and work is one of them, but it's only one of them. But look at all your life accounts and then begin to rank those in priority order for you so that they can be a benchmark to come back to when you're, you know, in the, in the nitty gritty of life trying to make a decision about what you're going to do. You know, we were talking about individuals here, but I mean, this to me, the same thing applies whether you're leading an organization or leading a team or leading a family or whatever. This, all of this still applies. I mean, the same thing about if you're an organization, if you know as an organization and as a leader, you'd know what the intent is or where you're taking the ship and why you're heading that way and everybody else knows why you're doing it, then you can create a decentralized decision culture that is flexible and adaptable and all those things that we seem to to want so badly, but we don't. The reason why we don't is because we don't know where it's going and why we're heading there in the first place. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so those priorities are important at every level, personal and and corporate, which kind of naturally leads to the third question. You know, that first question about how do you want to be remembered is really designed to give you clarity. That second question about priorities is really designed to give you courage so yeah. that you can make the decisions you need to make so that you have the life you want to have. But the third question is a question of how do I get from where I am to where I want to be in every area of my life? And this is really a question designed to help you identify the specific commitments you need to make in order to create a life that you love. And so we uh, run three people through a process, kind of like a GPS. You know, for a GPS to work, you got to know the destination and you got to know where you are currently, and then it can plot the path, right? Right. So what we do is take you through a process where you identify your envisioned future. In other words, what does your health look like? If that's one of your life accounts, your health, what does that look like when it's in an ideal state? You know, if you could fast forward 10 years from now and you had 10 years to work at it, what kind of health do you want for your life? Or look at your marriage if you're married. You know, what would you want your marriage to be like? You know, how would you describe that? And so we walk you through each of these, you know, financial and work and all that. And you end up writing one paragraph that's motivational to you. You write it in the present tense as though it had already happened or already is happening. And you describe yourself in that ideal state. Then we take you to a process where you you have the envisioned future. Okay, so now what's the current reality? And get brutally honest with yourself. You know, no progress begins until we get honest with ourselves and acknowledge where we are. Yep. And so you, you might say something like, you know, man, I want to be a lean, mean, fighting machine. You know, I want to have great health. I want to weigh X and, um, you know, I want to have endurance and stamina and energy and all this stuff. And you can get as creative as you want about it. But here's the reality. I'm a couch potato. And, uh, you know, I'm 40 pounds overweight. And, you know, I'm worried about my health. And I'm stressed out half the time. I'm not sleeping well. Whatever it is. You know, this is a chance to get really honest. But then to start to bridge the gap and say, okay, what are the specific commitments I need to make if I'm going to realize 
that enhance that envisioned or ideal future. And I think this is where a lot of people get hung up in planning because they think, man, I, I, I can't do anything until I got a clear map right, right. with every step between here and there. But reality is you don't need to know that at all. All you need to know is the first couple of steps you need to take and trust that the other steps are going to be clear as you step out and move towards uh, the destination. And so we help you identify those initial steps. And we really try to harness the power of incremental change over time. It's like kind of like the law of compound uh, compounding. So a lot of people are waiting for that home run, for that massive hit, something that's going to change everything, when really what they need to do, just like saving for retirement or anything else, start making some specific commitments, some baby steps that will move you incrementally in the direction of your dream in each of your um, major life accounts. And it's, a, it's astonishing, really, yeah, what yeah. you can accomplish in a very short period of time if you're faithful to do that. I love I, that. And it's, it's so true because it's, it's about um, – yeah, it's a myth, first of all, to think that we can have this completely granular, detailed plan to, to lead us to success. But what you're saying right there, and I absolutely love, is the fact, okay, this is the outcome. This is the intent. This is what I want to accomplish and why it's so important. What are the first steps? And we think we have to have it all figured out, and you don't. You just have to start moving in that direction. you got something to, to, to benchmark against. Am I going towards that? I don't know all the steps. I'm just going to suspend the belief on how things are going to get done. I just know they're going to get done. And right now, I need to do these first two things. And then the, to, the universe will start to move. Yep, exactly right. It's like, you know, if you're driving uh, somewhere at night, you know, you know, the destination you've got on the, got on the right highway, but you, your, your headlights are not illuminating the entire path yeah, from where great. your car is to the final destination. Doesn't need to, you know, what you can see is probably 50 to hundred yards in the distance right. and that's enough. That and as right you now. keep moving, the path keeps getting illuminated till you ultimately arrive at your destination. And if you make a mistake, you know, if you get, get off course, it's okay. You know, it all works. But when you have a map, uh, it allows you to to do that. And one of the one of the things I'm often asked is, gosh, if you do a life plan, doesn't that take the spontaneity and the adventure out of life? Absolutely not. No. Yeah. This next fall, my wife and I will um, go to to Florida for vacation, and we always drive from Nashville, Tennessee, where I live, down there because we we love that drive. It's about eight hours, and um, we'll know where the destination is. We'll know that we're probably going to drive Interstate 65 down through Birmingham, and then. Uh, all the way down to uh, Destin. But we might get off the path and eat at some restaurant we've never tried before, or we might decide to go for a walk in a park along the way. But because we have the destination clearly in mind, and because uh, we have a rough out of the path, it gives us the ability to be spontaneous without getting lost. Right. Yeah, that's a great analogy. And I would even say to kind of tweak that a little bit. I can't tell you how many times even on the show and even for myself is like you you start going down that path, you're illuminating, you know, the, the first hunt 75 yards as far as you can see. But the beautiful thing is to your spontaneity point is that a lot of times you'll never believe where you'll end up. And it's a lot of times it's a lot better than what you're initially planning. You know, that's yeah, kind of the true. magic of it. So to the spontaneity thing, you never know where it's going to lead you, you know? Yeah, that's a good, very good point. I love that, man. I love your stuff. I love this book. I'm excited to to get this because I can see uh, myself even using this for for 
I, I could see leading a team or coaching a group of individuals in an organization doing this, not only just for myself, but I can see myself getting this book and laying it out in front of a, a, a team or something. I don't know. Absolutely. Well, here's the deal. And the, the last chapter of the book is called Join the Revolution. And it's basically an invitation to leaders, whether you're leading a for-profit organization or a nonprofit organization, to, to make life planning a part of your organizational culture. We've uh, sold thousands of copies of this to organizations like Nike, uh, like Wells Fargo, like Chick-fil-A, because they're bringing it into their culture because they know that all these different components of life are interconnected. In other words, somebody can't really be engaged at work, be productive and be focused if they're going through a health crisis or a marital crisis or their kids are off the rails. So all this stuff is related. So their attitude is the more we can encourage people to be deliberate and intentional in every area of their life, the more these people are going to be able to come to work, really be engaged, really productive, really focused, because they're not worried about all this other stuff that's not being attended to. Right. And so that's been particularly rewarding uh, to us to see. Uh, I think we've got now about 15 major organizations that have bought 1,000 copies or more uh, because they really believe in this message. That's cool. So if I can get this now, obviously, and what just individually, if I want to do this, do I get anything else besides the book? And you got any bonuses or anything or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, at least for the next week and a half from the time we're recording this, uh, if you go to livingforwardbook.com, and even if you go after the bonuses are available, we've got a bunch of free resources, including some life planning templates. So we've got a Microsoft Word template, um, Apple iWork Pages template, Evernote template, so that you can uh, have a track to run on as you create your life plan. We also have something called a life profile assessment, which enables you to self-assess the condition of these various life accounts, and it'll give you some specific recommendations for each one of those. All that's free. All that'll be there forever. But in addition, if you happen to get uh, the book now, uh, all you got to do is you can buy it from any retailer you want, and then go to livingforwardbook.com. Let me just pull this up while we're talking here. And we got about $127 worth of bonuses that you get free. For example, a detailed action plan guide. It's like a workbook. Uh, we give you a Living Forward Quick Start audio training thing that Daniel and I put together. And then, and this has been unbelievably popular, a custom Living Forward adult coloring book. Coloring book. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, those adult coloring books are going nuts. Yeah. When we announced this at a live event this week, people weren't crazy. I mean, they, they love this stuff. <laughs> really? So yeah, those are some of the bonuses. That's and if you cool. get 10 copies or more, if you're in leadership, we've got a whole other series of bonuses, which again, you can see at livingforwardbook.com. We'll have links to all this. I just I pulled up the website while you're talking and looking at it myself. Yeah, this is uh, really cool. Again, it, always top notch. Your stuff is always, the content is just uh, some of the best out there. Thank you. Um, I'm curious, just personally, I've never asked you this. I've always wanted to. Who's Who are your heroes? Whose shoulders are you really standing on right now? I mean, I know it's probably the list is wide and big, but if you could really narrow it down, whose shoulders are you really standing on? Well, you know, a lot of the guys that um, endorsed the book have been huge mentors uh, to me. Tony Robbins, Seth Godin, uh, David Allen, um, Patrick Lencioni, Dave Ramsey, uh, Greg McEwen, John Maxwell, dear friend, had a huge impact on me. Um, Max Licato, Andy Stanley, you know, the list goes on. But uh, those people have all contributed in major ways to my life. Well, I love that list. And uh, 
Michael, like I said, I mean, I told you in the pre-recording that uh, you've been a, had a huge impact on me, just even though we've never met, you know, privately and, and following your stuff and all the great free resources that you've had at, at michaelhyatt.com. And um, you've been a true inspiration for me. And I look forward to uh, capturing this book and sharing it with my audience in the world. I know they're going to get some great value out of it. Great. Thanks so much. How else can people, livingforwardbook.com, where else can people connect with you? Yeah, well, my main website uh, is at michaelhyatt.com, and you can get links there to all my blog posts and my podcast and my other products. Michael, thanks for coming on Dose of Leadership. Again, it's been a true honor, and I look forward to staying in touch with you. Thanks again. Thanks, Richard. Richard invites you to become a part of the Dose of Leadership community. Visit doseofleadership.com and sign up to receive his free Common Sense Leadership ebook, a guide that highlights how all of us can learn to become calm, confident, consistent, and courageous in all aspects of our lives. Richard is also available as a speaker for your next event. Richard specializes in practical leadership and change management. He has a philosophy of inspiring everyone to think and act like a leader, which is based on timeless natural principles and common sense. You can get more info by visiting doseofleadership.com. <music>